welcome to another episode of the Metal Hammer of Doom podcast. I am your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, the author of the original Metal Hammer of Doom column that you can read every week when he decides to write it on the 411mania.com music zone. Here he is, folks. The three, the one of the three beards himself, Mr. Robert Cooper. How do you do, sir? I do pretty well. Now, now, now slight correction. I always decide to do it. It's whether or not I decide to get it on time. But just, just be happy I managed to get through that much of the intro without falling all over myself or trying to, or not knowing what podcast I was on. That that is true. I mean, it could be worse. <laughs> it's, it's, it could it be happens. much worse. You could have said I was, I don't know, like Jeffrey Harris or something. <laughs> uh, can I just say that I know both of you follow me on Facebook, and yeah. you know I do I, I do a fair bit of of podcasting as we all know, um, and I do a fair bit of discussion about certain things. But there comes a point where I don't want to argue with people. I, I just you know <laughs> that's what my podcasts are for. That's where we can have these these discussions. But once the podcast is over, it's kind of like. You know, my job as a social worker. When 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 the clock stops and I punched out for the day, I don't want to hear about anyone else's fucking problems anymore. Well, when the podcast is over, I don't want to talk about this shit anymore. I just want to, I just want to go be with my family and be left alone. So when I see sometimes that Jeff has decided to start yelling and screaming at me via Facebook, I have part of my reaction is to ignore it, and that's ultimately what I give way to. But there's a huge part of it that's just like, seriously, go the fuck away. Yeah, I saw that this week. He's like, you know, what Robert said is that you should have you should have corrected him on that mark. That was unexcusable. Yeah, I mean, God, if you're listening, God, I love you, Jeff Harris. But when we're when we're not podcasting, please leave me alone for God's sake. But it's my own fault. It's my own fault for sharing anything at all ever on Facebook. That's that's what I say. Exactly. But hey, at least you actually share things on Facebook. It's good. <laughs> I like the, I like hearing thoughts from Mark's brain. I've had a whole bunch of re- regarding Breaking Bad tonight. I know it's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, uh, you know, I, I, every every time I that that's the one thing, and I noticed this about myself when I was watching um, SummerSlam and Raw. That more more so with Raw last night. That social media has allowed a um, that sort of transcendental type thinking, um, where you uh, I never remember what the phrase is called, but where basically just if you think it, you say it. Um, a stream of consciousness. It allows a stream oh, yeah. of con- it allows a stream of consciousness to exist that otherwise, you know, and to, to to be shared with the world that otherwise wouldn't really be there. So, like, every stupid thought I had or every dumb thing that I thought was funny had to be on Twitter and, uh, and, and to a lesser extent Facebook. Yeah, well, that's what I guess that's what Twitter for, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Here's a man who uh, wants no part of this discussion but would like to talk about uh, the album that we're going to review tonight. Here he is, folks, another 411 uh, music alumnist and video game uh, writer, Sean Gomer. Welcome back to the show, sir. Hello. How are you, sir? <laughs> you, you all right? What's going on over there? Oh, uh, it's going okay. Just putting the kid to bed and 
you know, finally it's kind of quiet, so I guess it's a good time to listen to some music and talk about it, why not? Does your kid get out of bed like mine does in the middle of the night, and then do you do like uh, like I do, like Caitlin to AG on, AJ on SummerSlam, just spear her back in the bed? <laughs> uh, we still have to have the rail um, on the one side, so I can't technically spear her into the bed because that would require me to like pick her up and then I guess spear her into it. But be more of a I more, try, more of a spine buster. A, yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, she she's kind of feisty. Sometimes it requires a well, like a power bomb or something. <laughs> Every time Lily got out of the bed last night, and she got out a few times, I would, you know, I would quick throw my headphones down, jump in the hallway. What do you think you're doing? And she's like, "Damn, but busted!" And she would run back inside again. <laughs> Every single yeah, time. Yeah, once you learn how to open doors, it really sucks because then yeah. you're like, "Oh crap, door open. Where are they going to go?" Just like yep, the Raptors. I used to be able. Yes. I used to be able to run my house like a maximum security prison. I now have to run it like a minimum security jail. It really bothers me. Yeah. I have to, I have to do nightly patrols. You have to put everything in a spot. And the thing that sucks is even though you think it's a jail, you think you'll put something somewhere and they will find a way to get to it. doesn't matter yeah. what you do. They just find it. Yeah, that 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 is for sure. Um, at least we're out of the stage now where she's trying to eat it all. I don't have to worry about her choking yeah. as she tries to put the, in, the entire content of the house mine never mouth. did that. Oh, no. <laughs> I still never learned. <laughs> that is Robert Cooper's favorite. Uh, that is Robert Cooper's theme song. Just put it in your mouth. In your motherfucking mouth. There's <laughs> like uh, I don't so many I, bad I, avenues you can go with. <laughs> no, I think my theme song is more like I don't know how to close my mouth because poor Sean's got a possible five hours of podcasting with me tonight. All right. So speaking of five hours of podcasting, let's get to the first hour of this one. Folks, tonight we are it's Robert's pick, and we are going with one of his favorite bands of all time, not Megadeth, but Amana Marth, and they have a new album, Deceiver of the Gods, which came out June 25th, 2013, of the melodic death metal genre, referred mm-hmm. by Odin, it was. Robert, tell us yes. what it is about this. And I mean, when when you think about melodic death metal and um, Swedish uh, melodic death metal, there's a lot of bands that fall into that uh, category. Why does uh, why Amana Moth in particular? Uh, what is it about them that makes them so wonderful, as Bill Cosby would say? <laughs> well, there's the whole. I love their lyrical themes. A lot of things about battle and Odin, and I guess just like what tales of the life of a Swedish warrior. I love. I just love their lyrical themes. The music's pretty awesome. It's kind of got like almost an ACDC Motorhead type of thing, to where you know what you're gonna get, but you're not disappointed, especially if you're a fan. Like this lad, this album we got tonight. Great album. I don't think I've ever heard really a bad album or a bad song by them because they know what they're doing, and it's, they do a damn good job of what they're what they have. The guitars are always there's usually almost yeah, there's almost always a pretty good riff behind the song. Solos are great, and their first album actually had a Martin Lopez of Opeth on drums. Just for a little a little bit of trivia, their drums are always great, and of course Johan Haig, the uh, 
the vocalist is one of my favorite of all time because he is so much fun to go down the road just growling along with. So much fun. But yeah, that's that is many of the reasons why I love Amon Omar. Pretty much if I just boil it down to one one little phrase is like, they're fucking Amon Omar. <laughs> I um it was one of the bands that I didn't pay much attention to prior to Rockstar Mayhem and your insistence that I was missing out. Um, so this is really the first, so Rockstar Mayhem was really the first time I, I sat down to really listen to them. And this is the first album I've, I've digested. I, we talked in the last podcast, how much I loved, uh, the, the, their opener from Rockstar Mayhem, Destroyer of the Universe. And I thought, gee whiz, I really should have been listening to this band all along. Um, this album is tight. This album is, uh, exciting. It's, you know, I know after the last podcast, my, A, my head was not in the game. B, after a while, I just ran out of shit to <laughs> after after a few tracks, I just ran out of shit to say. It wasn't that Children of Bodom put out a bad album. It was it was kind of, it was a Children of Bodom album, and that was all I had to say about it. This there's a lot of really interesting things going on, and we're going to get to the first track in just a moment. Sean Garmer, what's your take on a Monomarth, if anything at all? Well, like you, this is my first time really getting to digest them at all. Uh, me and Robert have this joke that he always likes to throw at me because I accidentally uh, mistaken them for a... Uh, there was a song by Nightwish that has uh, a monomorph but not spelled the same way at all. And I, I thought it was... Yeah, Amaranthi yeah. or whatever. See, I just screwed up again. And uh, either way, I thought he was talking about them, so I got it completely wrong. And I was happy to know that we were talking about a band that... Things about Odin and uh, Thor and all these great Norse happenings and, and mythology. And I don't really like, you know, as I said last time, I'm not a big fan of the growling thing and whatever, but I can deal with the growling when there's great instrumentation behind it. And uh, they have a lot of influences. Uh, I do agree, they're very consistent. They're consistent throughout this entire album, through some of their other albums. I played a couple of the other songs just to kind of see how it was. There's a lot of uh, new album bands in there with their influence too, Iron Maiden and uh, stuff like that. Um, on some of these songs, I kind of got that tinge, so I kind of enjoyed it. There was times where I was like, I'm hoping I get a solo so I don't have to hear the growling. But other than that, uh, it, it was it was fun to listen to. It was different for me, so... Yeah, they actually sound like real songs, and I'm and I'm almost with you in terms of the growling. Now, I mean, I don't mind the growling, but the growling has to be set against um, interesting musicianship. If it's not to not not to say that I don't like you know traditional American death metal, but I can only listen to it so much because much like techno, after a while, it's the same shit over and over and over and over again. So what I like about bands like this is that while the vocals are obviously static in terms of there's not much change. You know, it isn't like, you know, in one song they're singing kind of high and another, you know, this isn't Def Leppard we're talking about here, um, as we all know. But it, but the what makes the band interesting is the, um, as you said, the musicianship, the, uh, the songwriting. I, I enjoy the themes, too. I'm a big fan of, um, you know, Thor and... Uh, gods whether they be roman norse or greek um I, obviously i i this has my been one of my complaints about the hip-hop genre is that it tends to be about cast bitches and drugs and 
that's all it's ever been about. Whereas metal tends to, you know, play around with different ideas. Uh, I love that fact that there are so many subgenres of metal because these bands have taken certain themes and gone to, you know, gone so far with them that, you know, the fact that we have to have a subgenre called battle metal, because there's specifically bands writing, met, writing uh, heavy metal songs for going into battle to fight the dragon or whatever. I mean, that that's fantastic. You know, uh, they just put out an album recently, uh, Terrorists, and that is their bag all day long. Um, let's go ahead and listen to the title track. First track of this album. Get a little piece of it for you here. This is from the album Deceiver of the Gods, track one, Deceiver of the Gods. safely say that uh, the vocals on this album are, if you listen to it closely enough, are at least intelligible. I have a friend of mine who when we heard them at Rockstar Mayhem just looked at me and goes, do you even know what he's saying? You know, and Robert and I have had this conversation about this particular friend and his belief, if you can't understand what they're saying, the song is worthless. But... um, Uh, Dragon Force. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's not go there. Um, hey, don't but, hit on Dragon Force. No, we don't. We com- no, this particular friend thought something about Machine Head sounded a lot like Dragon Force, and I asked him if he had gotten into meth. <laughs> but um, my, my point on this, and then I'll open it up to the floor. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm listening to that, and I'm like, well, yeah, it's growly, but I can at least, I can understand what he's saying, and I guess if you listen to it closely enough, you can follow along with the song and get the lyrics. Um, I, they really, nice thrashy sound there, really kicked it, uh, you know, first track of the album really kicked it go, kicked it off, got it going, um, no complaints about this, just an awesome, awesome song. Robert? Uh, one thing I must say that I, I didn't notice until I listened to this album a few times through, they really open with just a straight growl a lot of times, which doesn't bother me at all. Because any time I get to wow, just any time I get to do that out of nowhere, it's great. But I was like, you know, sometimes I'm like, maybe they can add part of the lyrics into that. But uh, yeah, this song, uh, speaking of being able to understand the lyrics, 
This song is the one I know the most off the album because it was a free download, and it probably still is, so I listened to this song a you know, gajillion times. But this song is called Deceiver of the Gods. It's about Loki, as the song tells. You know, it's about how he was... Asgard has always been his home, but he walks a different path, and he's, you know, cross-trying, half-cross-trying, double death. But yeah, this this song, I, I love the lyrical themes, as we've said. This album has a lot to do with Loki, as I think the next song is about Loki, <laughs> as the last song was about Loki. And the instrumentation's great. It does have a nice thrashy, but there's not many down, like, kind of the slower songs. There's one that I can think of off the top of my head on this album, and I think there's a reason for that. And when we get to that song, I'll I'll tell you, but yeah, pretty much this song, it's really great opener. This band has great, great openers. Yeah. Sean Gomer, let me ask you a question. Um, do you uh, do you think somebody who isn't particularly familiar with the genre or um, you know, metal in general might take a look at this and go, oh, they're, they're just piggybacking off the um, popularity of Marvel Comics and Thor and all of that? Um what would you say to that person? Well, uh, you obviously don't do any research because these guys have been around since 88, I think. And they've changed mm-hmm. band members a few times. And, but their first album came out in 98, and they've been around since then. So that's way before we had any of these movies come out, before comics had a resurgence and all that. So... I mean, and uh, if you take a look back to the 80s, Man of War is the one that made a lot of this battle metal kind of popular. And they do it with clean vocals, but it's still the same kind of thing, you know, gods and all that stuff. So, to me, all you have to do is look at the discography, where it comes from. It's consistent. It's about a lot of the same things, but they're kind of creative in the way that they frame their albums more. Uh, it seems that each one is kind of focused around certain gods or certain themes, and they change as the albums go. So, uh, yeah, somebody saying that, we're, oh, we use Thor, and oh, Thor's a Marvel character, cool. Maybe it gets you into it now, but uh, it's certainly not piggybacking off anything. Keeping with that for just a moment, I had a friend of mine um, about 10, 10 years or so ago, uh, he got me into Blind Guardian, and uh, he, he initially was he was initially dismissive of Blind Guardian, and uh, you know he knew how much I liked uh, progressive metal and whatnot. And he's like, well, if you like that, you're gonna like this, but I'm not wild about it. He since came around, and he and he likes almost the same kind of stuff that I do. But uh, he was saying at the time, um, in in the sense that I said he was being dismissive of it, he referred to Blind Guardian as D and D metal. And that and and it referred to the fact that a lot of Blind Guardian um, music uh, thematically you know, talks about a, a lot of the um, the gods and a lot of Tolkien esque stuff. And you find you find these themes throughout metal and a variety of metal genres across the board. Uh, why do you think that? Keeping with you for a moment, Sean. Why do you think that is? Why uh, metal and um, Tolkien and the whole, you know, concept of uh, of gods, whichever they may be. Why is that all sort of tied together? Just because it does provide a huge scope to go through in these songs, especially if you're one of these like progressive uh, bands that have the longer tunes, like some of these on this album does. 
there's a story that's already there. Now you can frame a song around it, take a piece of that story, like that Loki is a huge part of this album. You can take parts of the Loki myth and let's create a story around him for this song. Yeah, but then why and, don't rap? And it, it, you, but but the, I'm I'm trying to get at something very specific. Because it's here. not cool for rappers. Really? Are you gonna? So you gonna tell me Run DMC is gonna have a Lord of the Rings album? I mean, no, that wasn't gonna happen. I would love that. I would just love to see the world's reaction to Lil Wayne rapping about the Cimmerillion. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, you said it wasn't cool. I think we can go a little deeper than that. Well, I'll tell you what. Let Let's pause this because I think this is a, this is a bigger topic than. Uh, and I don't want to spend the next hour on this, and then we don't play any music. So let, let's take a short break here. Let's play track two, because we've been mentioning him a lot now. This is As Loki Falls. And then we'll come back to this idea of uh, why is it that all us metal folks are into this sort of thing, and the uh, rappers are into um, money, bitches, and, and, and drugs. So getting back to the topic at hand, by the way, that was a boss song. Very, very good. Enjoyed that little gallop in there. Uh, Sean and then Robert, uh, we were talking about why is it, and I don't want to necessarily classify it by race. Let's, we'll stick strictly with um, those who appreciate certain types of music or are um, musicians of a certain genre. Again, we here in, in the metal rock and roll sort of always revolved around Dungeons and Dragons and sci-fi and uh, mythology, Tolkien, um, all of that. There's a fantasy, really, to, to sum it all up. Fantasy and sci-fi, those are huge staples of metal, uh, whether it be death, progressive, etc. 
Why? Why do you think that is? And why haven't other uh, musicians of other genres sort of taken that uh, as their own like we have? Why do you think, at least? Because metal is okay with being its own thing. It doesn't want to change for anyone. They do what they want to do. And look at uh, Iron Man. They made a whole song about Rama the Ancient Mariner. Who else would have done that? No one. It's just, they they write songs about what they want to write about, whether it's Tolkien, whether it's other literary works. You don't see that in other works of pop culture where it's played on the radio. No one, I'm sorry to say, I'm not, I'm not trying to bash it. This is why I love metal, because it, it has its own creativity that other genres don't have, because... Seriously, ACDC would have sat there and wrote about Tolkien, and they would have had awesome rock songs based on that? No. I mean, you're not going to have rap songs based on that because they're probably not going to get airplay because they're going to be like these lyrics are confusing. It doesn't get straight to the point. Uh, there's a lot of meandering sometimes. You have to actually sometimes dig deep to get the story. You have to know uh, the story beforehand, have read the book, read the comic, read the whatever. They they talk about partying and, 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 and bitches and hoes and whatever because it's something that a lot of, peop- a lot of people do. Uh, same thing with rock in the, in the 80s. Everybody partied, everybody drank. It's, it's easy just to, to talk about, you know? I mean, even metal bands of the 80s drifted off the beaten path. I mean, just as, as Motley Crue uh, wrote plenty of songs about partying, but they also wrote songs about the devil. Um, they wrote songs about other stuff that was going on. I think um, any kind of artist is going to draw from their own personal experiences, tastes, and uh, and such. And a lot of these people, and this is my answer, this is what I want to go over to Robert, I think you write what you know. And I don't know too many rappers who play, you know, who um, grew up in the projects playing Dungeons and Dragons. You know, I don't know. You don't. You don't know. You don't have too many of them telling, you know, telling stories and in interviews about how their father took them to go see Star Wars or Star Trek. Um, you, you know, you don't hear. You don't hear that sort of thing. No, that's that mostly comes out of people who go on to play metal, um, and so that's what they write about. You know, and, and again, I'm not going to slight necessarily a lot of the rappers if they're writing from their own experiences. Let's say a Tupac Shakur. You, you know, he's going to write a song about uh, how his mom, tried, who was a crackhead, tried to figure it all out uh, in the projects. That's his experience. Uh, Bruce Dickinson's probably not going to write about that. Bruce Dickinson's going to write about Rhyme of the Ancient Mountain because he read it in school because he went. Um, you know, as opposed to Tupac. Uh, Robert, your thoughts. Your thoughts on this. Well, I definitely agree with that. They're going to go with what they what they know because you look at almost every other genre, like the rap and hip hop genre. Most of those guys, as you said, they're more of the urban type. They grew up kind of closer to the streets and didn't really get to go out to the fantasy world because they were just kind of stuck in that in the reality. And same thing goes for like a lot of you know other genres. Now, rock does have some fantasy elements. You know, you, you got your some of your Led Zeppelin songs that are a little out there, but it's probably because they were on some types of drugs. But uh, I think the reason why fantasy and metal go so well together is because of the fact that they're both two two genres, one in literature and art and the other one in music. They're both really kind of... I, I almost want to say superhuman. They're kind of... They're away from everything else, like metal. Are they more human it's than not, human? 
Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah they're they're what more. Yeah, I, I like that reference there. But yeah, like they're more like you know most metal you wouldn't. It's kind of almost an otherworldly thing. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. It's coming. It's not something that is naturally man-made. Like you know, stories about fantasy. You, you're not going to see that come to life. In you know, in real life, just like kind of like you know, metal. We wouldn't be able to do metal if it weren't for technology. I think, it, I think it's just a nice pairing. Like you know, they're both kind of kind of out there, and they fit really well together. Especially so metal is metal is made for escapism. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it is really made for escapism because a lot of other genres, well, besides pop music, but pop music's not the same type of escapism. It's not talking about fantasy. It's trying to make you live out your inner fantasy of being rich and popular and famous that you'll probably never get to. Ugh. I did the top well, five worst well, songs think, the well, summer last night. I think pop music is also very much focused on... Um, an audience of people who are not thinking too much about the music. You know, they're not thinking too hard about it. Uh, it it's the, uh, well, you know, if it's got a beat I can dance to, um, you know, and, and, it, and I don't have to think too much, then uh, I'm, it's going to be popular I'm gonna, and I'm going to enjoy it. Whereas, yeah, yeah. you know, metal may put a bit of a tax on you that you, you, know, you have to sit and think about some of this stuff. And, you know, I ain't got that kind of time. <laughs> I ain't got time for that. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. That's right. I mean, All right. Yeah. I mean, that is true. You, but you also do have metal that is just, <laughs> that's just pure, <laughs> you know, in terms of lyrical content, it's just total crap. Sure. I fully acknowledge that. Uh, you know, no, and, and we're speak, we are speaking in broad generalizations here because the yeah. one genre that, you know, that I think defies all of this is country music. Obviously, country is not metal, uh, but Jesus Christ, if country, you know, country gets into... Uh, some degree of mythology. It's its own mythology. It also gets into stories, and um, it's certainly music that makes you think. It may not be. It may not be in your wheelhouse, per, perhaps, but it's as close to metal as you're going to get in terms of thematic quality. Yeah, because all the old school country was all stories and you know stories. all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of like that and like blues. Yeah, they were they were all like that. Now, new country is literally pop, like half of it is literally pop music with a country twang. <laughs> well, yeah, right. but you know. Let's go to uh, track three here. This is Father of the Wolf speaking. <laughs> What do you think about that, Robert? Actually, I have an answer to this. 
the beginning riff. I don't. I doubt you've heard of their album that was two, one, two, three albums ago uh, with Odin on our side. This is the almost. This is a very, very similar riff to their opening song, uh, "Valhalla Waits Me." It is like when I first heard it, I was like, "Man, it sounds a lot like Valhalla Waits Me," which I love that song. But yeah, it has a very familiar quality, and the song it's the song itself doesn't really go as far as the other two. But I'm I'm reading the lyrics as the song is playing, and the first song is about Loki. The second song was about him versus uh oh, what was his name? Him versus Heimdall. Yeah, those two coming at it, and him decapitating Loki. And then this song is about Loki being reborn. So just a little, just a little. I'm reading the lyrics thing. Yeah, this is about like him being reborn, and he's the Bane of Odin. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this this song was kind of the song isn't one of the best, but it's still solid. It's still a solid song. I get it. Now. Yeah, if you um, you know, again, this is one of those where if it's in the background as I'm driving, I'm not going to pick up on the fact that hey, I've heard this song I feel like a zillion times before. You understand what I'm saying, Sean? It's it's a, it's just a very familiar sounding metal song. Um, it may obviously have different lyrics, but it's still the that 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 orchestration that um, the way they brought that song together just seemed very ordinary. Yeah, there there wasn't much uh, variety to it. It kind of just goes along at a very uh, like y'all said, metalist pace. It's actually one of the few times where. I can understand him, the the lyrics, without really having to sit there and go, okay, is this what he's saying? Is this really what he's saying? Because he shouts the father of the wolf thing pretty clearly and loudly that you're like, okay, I'm kind of getting this, you know. Uh, it, again, it, it continues the theme, but it doesn't, it's not like the other two. There's a little bit of, like y'all said, just general things here. Doesn't mean it's bad filler. at all, though. A little filler. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about this on previous podcasts. Filler isn't uh, by itself a bad thing. It's just not. It, it's it's hard to talk about it because it, it it's kind of like saying, okay, and here's a song um, that's serviceable, and serviceable doesn't really lend itself to lengthy discussion, right, Robert? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it doesn't. Well, that was sometimes a whole album of just good tracks could lead to awful discussion, like last time. <laughs> I I wasn't even drunk or anything. That's the sad part about that. That whole that whole podcast. I was depressed. You were you were busy looking for a Batman Superman comic. Did you ever find it, by the way? No, I I gave up. I've been my obsession of the last two weeks has been Breaking Bad. Oh, good, good. That is a good obsession. Yes. Um, yes, Breaking Bad is awesome. Oh, Sean, did I Sean, did I send did I send you an invite to the uh post series finale discussion? No, you didn't. Would you like to be invited? You should. Yes. Okay, I will invite you. It's we're gonna do a Google Hangout. Um I mean I'm not gonna put anybody on camera because God knows nobody I don't want to be seen on camera. Why should anyone else want to? But um we're gonna do we're gonna do a Google Hangout. Which which allows multiple people to be on at the same time, and I'll just and I'll just have it centered on like the Breaking Bad logo or something. But yeah, I want it. But as soon as it as soon as the episode ends, about ten minutes after, I want everyone to kind of gather on and let's just kind of have that post diner discussion, post uh, discussion at a diner kind of a thing where we just uh, just can sort of exhale on uh, on the series and the series finale itself. So I'll go ahead and do that while we listen to track four. 
This is called Shapeshifter. Gallop in that. That gallop, the gallop is definitely the best part of that song, Robert. I I agree. It's, it has a really nice gallop to it, and that is that is the majority of the song. This is another one that's not as good as the first two, but again, I was, you know, reading the lyrics. This song is actually from the you know, as you can tell, from the perspective of Loki, which I like that because you know, I always like it to hear the character being spoken about actually talking. And he's you know, he's talking about you know, he's the shapeshifter, he's the deceiver. And I love the line later how it's like, you know, you curse my name, but it's your fault because chaos, because, uh, you know, goodness needs chaos to balance everything out. I, I love that. Like, the lyrics in the, this album, actually, like, after reading through them, because I've never, I never really do reading lyrics. But, yeah, I was like, wow, this is actually really well done. <laughs> um, Go ahead, Robert. Oh, yeah, I was just, uh, I think, yeah, it's really well done. You pr- I know, I... I mean, I would do it expect the guys to be total idiots, but I wouldn't expect it to be this well crafted. What do you mean by that? Sure. What do you mean like you wouldn't have expected it to be well crafted? What was the, what was the expectation? Well, I mean, the expectation was I, I was expecting more of almost like a straight story. Like this has a lot of stuff that I would see in poetry. Like it has the wordings are different. It's not so straightforward. It actually feels almost like poetry. Because, I mean, I know music really is poetry when you look at it, especially in those lyrics. But I expected more like a, you know, kind of more of a straightforward, because you don't expect guys with giant beards singing about Odin to really come across as like, like you know, really intelligent and know what they're talking about. But damn, they've done it. Um, I, would like to read, I would like to read you a poem. Since you said all music <laughs> is poetry, I would like to read you a poem and get your reaction to it. Uh, Are you ready? Oh, skeet, 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 motherfucker. Yes, yes, I'm ready. Mm, you can find me in St. Louis with the gunplay ring all day. Nah, nah, nah. Some got jobs and some sell yay. Others just smoke and fuck all day. Nah, nah, nah. You're right. Very poetic. Ooh, ooh, is, it the, uh, is it the ballad of Robert Winfrey? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> uh, as soon as you said St. Louis, I'm like, there's either Nelly or I have to make a Robert Winfrey reference. <laughs> that was an old gag between a friend of mine and I where I think the WWE was in St. Louis uh, one year and this is when we used to write the peeing on um, the pay-per-view uh, column where basically we just wrote like a par- like a, like an airplane the movie style type you know, Zucker Brothers type parody of 
the WWE pay-per-view of that particular month. And they, like I said, they were in St. Louis and, um, we, you know, we had, we, we wrote it where like Nelly was at the pay-per-view and, uh, I think that something, it was something along, like he sang the, uh, we we had Nelly singing the um, national anthem and and he had to be taken off stage because because no matter how much he insisted, um, it was not the land of the free. It was something along the lines of it was not the land of the free. Um, you know where you can just smoke and fuck all day, and we 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 kept using that line constantly. Uh, see, I knew it had to be Nelly because he's the only person from St. Louis and music that really matters. I'm from the home of Red Fox, said the entertainer, jetting off with Brian Cox. I'll see you later. Sean, what did you make of all this? <laughs> you know, th- there is a lot of music that can be poetry, and it actually works for the song because it's what Loki is. He is a magician, a mischievous person. He does shapeshift. So he has that ability, and so yeah, it kind of it shows a different side, like Robert said, but it, it fits with the song. He's shape shifting the song itself into a different form to express what he wants. Uh, it does show intelligence, but just the fact that you're talking about Norse gods anyway, and such a manner that he does already shows intelligence. Because dang, that's a lot of studying you got to do about their mythology to be able to do so many songs. About these gods, right, especially because they come, they've come out with like an album like every two years for a long while. It's a, lot of, sim- a lot of mythology. Uh, mythology in, in music seems to be more popular in Europe than in America. Um, a lot of the American metal bands. Uh, we were talking about this uh, just with my regards to my experience at Rockstar Mayhem. Uh, Americans tend to be very bro fixated. Uh, so you know you got your hate breeds and your five finger death punch and uh, a lot of a lot, <laughs> a lot of songs that are related to uh, the American um, socio political economic system the um, what do you call it the um, military industrial complex you know we, we Americans tend to write music that, re- that reflects frustration um, over being the uh, leader of the free world. And yes, I'm purposely being sarcastic when I say that. Uh, whereas European metal, they don't seem to be railing against the government as much. Um, they they tend to be, as we've been saying, fixated on mythology. So, any thoughts about that, Sean? Uh, that just is a common theme for a lot of American music. You know, Bob Bob Dylan did it. Uh, the Beatles did it. It all goes, you know. There's so many other Elton or John Lennon later when he went by himself, all the way to different genres of music for just that's a lot of what American music is. It's trying to change the establishment, whatever. Either doing the pop thing where you don't have to think about it, or they're trying to convey a message. Whereas you get these other European bands, and they're like, you know what? Who cares about all this? reality stuff let's let's go on an escape let's go on some kind of fantasy twist here and take you through the worlds of valhalla or the worlds of lord of the rings or whatever it is that they want to talk about uh in, in their songs that day 
it makes more sense. And I think it's also because when you think of these places they're talking about, you think about Europe more than you think about America. When, when I'm thinking about these fields and these whatever, I'm thinking about like Ireland and all the all the places where they film Game of Thrones, basically. That's what I'm thinking about, and it's not in America. So sure. certainly, know, if you're listening yeah, to Viking sense. Viking metal, you're gonna think Norway. You know, you're gonna think the fjords and such. Yeah, the uh, right. I, I I think honestly, the reason why America doesn't have much mythological song is because America is not really a mythological. We don't really have a history of mythology based in this like this country, like where where this country is. Yeah, like, like what are we gonna think about the Cowboys and Indians? No, we're gonna think well, about Star got, Wars. No, well, you've got Native oh, yeah. American you've got Native American mythology, which honestly I think is a really fresh, good, untapped resource. White people and then, don't give a shit about that. Come on now. Yeah, exactly. Like, how many white people know about Native American mythology? Exactly. Well, no, I'm <laughs> saying it is. A, it is a. I'm saying it, that is. It's a really good untapped resource because nobody fucking sings about it, but. We've got that, and then our mythology. Your, 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 your name on this podcast is very close to becoming Rob Cry for the Indians, Cooper. Hey, that is a great fucking song. You lay off. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, hey, I've got Clamato on my side. I can never be seen as sympathetic towards minorities. But, I mean, wow. mythology, I mean, the mythology here is pretty much Native American, and you've got Christianity, which, you know, however you see it, can be seen as a mythology. Are you so saying I that guess they can sing about the Crusades. I was going to say, are you saying our Lord Jesus Christ is a myth? Is a what? No. <laughs> are, you saying that are, are you saying, Robert Cooper, on the Metal Hammer of Doom podcast, that our Lord Jesus Christ is is, is just a myth? I don't see it that way, but some might. <laughs> just like... Just like they could just start doing the Da Vinci Code thing and start making conspiracy theory metal or whatever. I'm too. so thinking like Robert's like pulling on his collar now, going, oh, "I didn't sign on for this." Well, no. Well, I mean, you look at it back in the days of you know the worship of the you know Odin and stuff. They weren't seen. I mean, they were seen as just as equal as a god as you know the Christian gods. You know, my God, I like the guy. He's a cool guy. You know, it's it's the same thing. Now in Europe, you've got. You know, you've got your Norse gods, your Greek gods, your Roman gods, and honestly, I don't see much about Egyptian gods besides Nile, and that's ironic because it's a bunch of assholes from North South Carolina. It's it's a it's a much richer much richer in terms of mythological I guess history there than it is here. Then we do have a lot of fixation on being a bro. Oh, oh, bros. <laughs> Oh, actually, I, I kind of went on a little, a little rant about Five Finger Death Punch because I'm like, you know, the album got number two. That kind of makes me sad because they're shit. I'm like, but I'm not going to go into detail unless you ask, which is my way of saying, please ask me. But if you don't, that's fine. So somebody asked, and I just went on. I was like, just went on a huge rant. <laughs> okay. Oh no, I almost gonna, hate I guess you're going to hate me by saying that I don't mind Five Finger Death Punch. But oh no, whatever. Mark Mark doesn't either. I mean. It's, it's, Mark loves Mark loves Five Finger Death Punch. He won't go see him oh, in concert harsh. again. But I love Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> You'll be proud, by the way, Mark. I almost bought a Hate Breed album today. Any particular reason? Like a, really? It was a dollar fifty. It was a dollar fifty at a thrift store. Uh, I mean, that's okay. the same reason I bought a. I mean, I bought a, bought a Hate Breed shirt from the place for like two dollars. It's comfy. <laughs> Robert, I mean, you know, yeah, instead hey, of buying things that are cheap just because they're cheap and not and, and but you don't necessarily like them, why don't you just save your money and buy stock? 
Are you kidding me? I'm 21. <laughs> Why the fuck would I buy stocks? <laughs> He's not going to know, know what I to mean, do with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't I don't usually blow. I've really stopped blowing my money on stuff just because it's cheap because I'm like, you know what? This this money doesn't come very often. I need to save it for when I run across like, you know, something like <laughs> Sean, TV, you know, like. Sean, this is what we do. See, I'm nine thousand years old, and, and Robert is, uh, is is barely out of diapers, so I have to I have to throw guidance that he didn't ask for and doesn't really want. Hey, at least I'm not taking this podcast on like a wild tangent ride like I do to Randall. <laughs> you want to, no, that's what I do on the casual heroes, but uh, that's a whole other conversation. All right, let's get on to track five here, one of the uh, longer tracks on the album. Uh, at 6 minutes and 17 seconds. We're going to play a portion of that now. This is called Under Siege. traditional sounding um very very close to death metal that wasn't especially epic or progressive uh in its uh, intensity it just you know it just sounded like your uh usual kind of i'm going to use the word uninspired and here's why because i actually want to read you from the wikipedia page this is sort of a summation of the album's reception and i want to get your reaction to this first robert and then sean um according to metacritic the album received generally favorable reviews based on seven critics with an aggregate score of 67 out of 100 all music praised the album for balancing unyielding blasts of viking brutality how many vikings have they come across with artful melodies uh, while Exclaim.ca similarly awarded a favorable score for the band's mixture of soaring melodies with the raw precision of rhythms, which we also came to that conclusion as well. But here's where it gets interesting. However, Pitchfork, the magazine, not the band, criticized the album as form- formulaic and uninspired, while About.com described the album as a letdown due to Amada Marth's playing it safe approach. Playing it safe, Robert. Is that what happened here? Were they playing it safe, and therefore it was uninspired? I did. I did see the argument, especially, especially with this song, because this song actually takes a weird turn. Like the last, you know, four songs have been about really around Loki. This one is a very basic. At the beginning, they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, we've got somebody sieging us, and we're fine." And then all of a sudden, there's reinforcements that won't, aren't showing. The food is running out. 
And by the end, the only thing is the lines is the only thing that are left to choose is how they're going to die. So this song really, I, I would say, yeah, this song is a bit safe. Like I said, overall, as we'll get to the end, I do love this album, but yeah, this this is really kind of a safe choice for a song, which is disappointing because usually this band is not, even when they're playing it safe, it really is above a lot of your generic death metal band, which I guess is why I love them so much because they are not your generic death metal band. Sean, what were your thoughts on the um, the general reception of the thing, especially the Pitchfork calling it formulaic and uninspired? Well, I mean, as Robert said, this song in particular does kind of play it on the safe side, but I would say that they're not generic. I would say it's more of a, there's a cons- like I said at the beginning, there's a consistency about them. Robert compared them to ACDC. What does ACDC do? Do you know what you're getting from them? It's depending on anybody's view, really. Some people are going to say it's formulaic. Some people are just going to say, look, we know what you're going to get. It's songs about the gods and Norse mythology and whatever, but give them credit because they uh, come up with different instrumentation for almost every song. Some of it does sound like stuff you hear every, you know, everywhere else, but that's not every song. Uh, each of the songs before we got to this one in the introduction it sounded different there is a gallop there there's something that introduces you gets you ready especially the deceiver of the gods i mean to me i think it's at times kind of lazy writing honestly on, on the reviewer's part to go well i don't really know that i'm delving deep here to try to find something it's just kind of like okay well maybe i've heard a couple of their albums, and I don't know that maybe this doesn't sound too much different, so, oh, I'm just going to say this, and instead of trying to find why this album might be different from the others, you know? So I feel like what you're saying is the writer didn't really listen to it, it just sort of gave a scant listen and and then started writing um, a review that isn't truly reflective of somebody who digested the album. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the, the same thing goes on, like, Metal like metal Archives for this album in particular. Like, most of the reaction's pretty positive, but right now it's got, like, a, I think a 78 or something like that, because most of the people are like, you know, this is another really good album. It's got some great songs and great songwriting. Then there's, like, a two or three people like, you know, this is really tired, you know, and we've been there, done that. This band is really starting to wear thin. So, yeah, I think it's... I think it's, they're starting to get a little bit of that, as, a, as I said, the ACDC kind of factor. Like, you know, we know what you're going to get, but at the same time, like this song here, even if it is just kind of a typical story, it still is told fairly well, and it wraps it up nicely. And as each verse goes by, it really it progresses. Okay, uh, let's move on to track six. This is Blood Eagle. Oh! Life. 
I was digging that man. I could I could have definitely listened to that whole thing. I like that uh, dun, 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 you know as they're doing the chorus. Um, kind of had a uh, tinge of punk in there, just sort of straightforward. Uh, I was I was liking it. You know, I I think sometimes uh, with a lot of metal b- bands, they can sort of get lost in um, trying to out epic themselves and other bands. Sometimes you just got to play a you know straightforward in your face song and it was nice especially after the last two to kind of get back to that on this album yeah i i agree lyrically this song is kind of like the last one nothing really that you know that grand this is about a guy who's killing who's going to kill people and wants revenge and blood eagle yeah so i must say yeah this the, the instrumentation of the song is great it's a really fun song and it's really Kind of, kind of catches you and just leaves you go like you know, just leaves you going to the house. Like before this podcast, I was just like going bloody gold, just everywhere, just bloody gold. It's, it's almost like a uh, what is the uh, oh gosh, what is the the band um, that we? It was the very first one that we did, uh, 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 Metal Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, Death very, Clock. very Death Clock sounding. Yeah, just, yeah, it did. Exactly. It did have that a lot feel. like that. Yeah, it did have that feel. Yeah, Sean, you agree. It sound it was very death clock sounding. Yeah, the, I mean, it was escaping, but I was like, it sounds like their theme song almost, kind of. It, <laughs> but it's not in a, not in a bad way. Just saying that, but it gets you ready for the show. Like th- that's what I got from this song. It's like this guy's about ready to go in and start killing some people, and he's going into battle, and that's what you get. Like the introduction is very like, all right. Like almost kind of like we're marching to the beat of we're getting ready to go in and slaughter some whatever, and and it gets you into it. Like all right, I think after some, hearing this, I'm ready to go slaughter some people. You know, at some just, point does he does he ask not, in the song? Not literally. You, at some point, would you? Does he ask at some point in the song? Would you like some ketchup? I would. You know, nothing goes nothing goes better with carnage and bloodshed than ketchup. Because you know, I am right about that. Right? That's, that's what everyone thinks they're saying at the at the beginning of Death Clock. Would you like some ketchup? 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 Yeah. Musta Would you like some ketchup? Would you like some ketchup? That's great. I, you know, now that I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hear that now. <laughs> You're welcome. Because I know it's just like something about TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. But yeah. Damn ketchup! It's kind of like every time I hear uh, "Hold the Line" by Toto, I think Pokemon. Pokemon. No, I, yeah, I, uh, I have a friend who. Oh my god! If, if he ever listens <laughs> to uh, this podcast, I don't even know if he remembers this, but um, I don't know if you remember the cover song that was on the Crow album by Pantera, "The Badge." At the end yeah. of the badge, they ye- uh, Phil Anselmo yells out, uh, uh, "Either like look or what's behind the badge." And I remember my friend just blurted out one day, what big eyes you have. I will never be able to unhear that now whenever I hear that song. I will walk around. If I have the badge stuck in my head, I will actually walk around work and just blurt out what big eyes you have. 
Yeah, like, like I said with the, with the Toto, if I have to hold the line, I'm going, Pokemon, and my mom's like, no, it does not sound like that. Am I? So I'll keep walking around the house doing it. No, it does not sound like that, Robert. <laughs> yes, it does. Go, go listen to the two beside each other. Hold the line, you know, Pokemon. Nah, nah, nah. It does. It totally does. There's an entire book of this sort of thing where, you know, missing, uh, misheard. Yeah, there's an entire book of misheard lyrics. It's called Excuse Me While I Kiss This Guy. Oh, is that? Oh, because of uh, Jimi Hendrix? Yeah, but it's Yeah, because you said that in the live version and whatever. Yeah, yeah Rock the Casbah is one of the top ones, I'm sure. Rock the Casbah. Uh, ah, shit. What's that one? That whole no, I think Rock the Casbah. Hold me closer, to, uh, yeah. Tony Danza. Uh, uh, blinded by the light. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was revved up like a douche. <laughs> Moving right along. Uh, <laughs> this is track seven. This is uh, what we've done with this podcast. This is called "We Shall Destroy." I said, "We shall destroy." seem to have momentarily lost um, Sean. Hopefully he'll dial back in again. Robert, we shall destroy. Tell me all about it. We did? Sean. There we go. <laughs> Sean was not the one that dropped off. That was Robert who dropped off for some odd reason. Robert, where'd you go? I don't know. I think my phone dropped the call because I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, this is a pretty cool song. And I'm like, where, where, why did the song cut off so quickly? <laughs> okay, uh, moving right along. So, well, you've heard the song obviously before. Much tell us all about it. Uh, well, we shall destroy another. Like I think they abandoned the Loki theme, really. Like I'm pretty sure they did, but uh, at least maybe. maybe what is this WWE? Wait, wait, what is this world uh, WWE writing where midway through a storyline they just abandon it and move on to something else? Ha-cha-cha-cha-cha. Uh, I see what you did there. I, you know, I'm so excited about this new evolution they got going on. <sighs> but yeah, I just to give them credit, really... there's no rule that says you have to kind of continuity in music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is that is true. Yeah, because they might, you know, they might pick this. Uh, I'm sure they'll pick up the Loki stuff later because their last 
I mean, Twilight of the Thunder God was about Thor. Sergio Rising was about Ragnarok, and this one was about Loki, so you never know. But, uh, yeah, the instrumentation, great. A lot of fun. Uh, the songs, your typical, like, you know, Mount Brothers Mount, uh, pick up the armor and the swords and shields and going to raise hell on the battlefield. Yeah. I'm just looking at their peak positions for uh, Deceiver of the Gods. In Sweden, um, they, it was number nine. In, uh, I believe that's all, yeah, Austria, they were number seven. Belgium, 50. Um, 78. Finland, 12. France, 67. Uh, Switzerland, Nine and in the U.S. in the U.S. they actually got as high as nineteen. I'm really surprised by that. In Germany they were number three. What do you make of that, Sean? Yeah. Anything at all? Well, uh, USA is uh, higher than some of these other countries that are close to them. So yeah, that I, 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 that's, that's the why I thought it was interesting. Yeah, what do you think, Robert? Uh, what can't really make a tr- tremendous amount of sense here. Uh, out of their chart positions vis-a-vis uh, these different countries in the United States. Any 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 thoughts on um, how the hell, first of all, they got as high in the U.S. as they did uh, versus some of these other places? Well, first I just want to say I actually bought this album the first week, so I'm patting myself on the back. Cause that is the only album for the year I will buy week one, guaranteed. <laughs> Last year was Testament. This year was Amon of Mars. But uh, I think the Mayhem Festival really helped. Because, you know, there's a lot of exposure that comes with that. Because, as you said, a lot of the audience there was a bunch of, you know, there's a lot of a younger crowd that might not have heard of this band and are there for your screamo band. And maybe they got, you know, introduced to this through Mayhem Festival and were really impressed and used the mom and daddy's money to buy it. You know, well, it's definitely well-deserved. I think I think Death Metal, honestly, especially this album, is really, it's really accessible. It's not anything too pretentious. It's got a nice beat. The themes are themes aren't that really crazy, you know, it's not it's not that hard to understand. It's got a lot it's got a lot of accessibility to it. Yeah, um I think for for what it is, um it, it's it's fairly accessible, though I would tell you, you know, there are obviously some people who would listen to this and go, oh, you're crazy, I'm not gonna listen to nobody screaming at me. The growling, that's scary. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, but Metallica gets like got three three straight weeks of a number one, and I'm sure people would do the same for them. It's only <laughs> metal in general. You're going to have a lot of people like, oh, you shit. Sean, did you want to say something? No, I mean, no. Okay. Yeah, I would go on with what you said. That the whole you might not be able to go. Uh, I don't know. This growling thing is kind of weird. I know my. I I listened. I think the one track when my girlfriend was in the car. And she was like, what is this? Like, is he talking? Or is he like, why is he growling? Why why can't he just sing? I was like, that's just the way they they do this music. And she's like, I can understand, you know, the the song is good, but I wish I could understand what he says. My wife has told me uh, that she prefers the growling and screaming to the high-pitched singing. I took her to go... I took her to go see Dragon Force and uh, Power Glove. And first of all, she thought that was the, the greatest thing she'd ever seen um, because she she hadn't been to too many concerts like that before. Again, if, 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 I don't think Sean knows this, but Robert just heard me talk. 
about this many times, you know, the concerts that my wife had gone to were like the Dave Matthews band, Sister Hazel, um, Fall Out Boy, that sort of thing. And, you know, she'd never really been to a metal show before. And the first one I brought her to was Ministry. So that was a fun experience. But uh, we're at this Dragon Force show and she's just like, first, she, she kept, all she talked about all night was the wind machine and how she had hair jealousy. Like the hair on Dragon Force, she was looking at them going, she was like, why can't I have hair like that? They don't deserve it. That was what she was focused they do. on. They do have majestic hair. They really do. Yeah, and it's even do. and it's and it's like a thousand times more majestic when it's windswept. <laughs> I'm sure it is. That's why they have the wind machine. That's right. But um she absolutely hates like the Iron Maiden Dragon Force type high pitch singing. She can't stand it. Rather he's growling. Three inches of blood. Ugh, she she, every time I play Three Inches of Blood, she's just like, I would rather stab myself in the knee, and I don't like pain. You're like, well, you're getting to get yourself out a lot of pairs of scissors because we're in for a long ride. <laughs> yeah, we no, we have to. We've we've settled on. We created a radio station on Pandora that uh, meets both of our needs. We listen to. Uh, we set it with Weezer, and and it tends to flip between like a lot of '90s stuff, like Nirvana, and a lot of um, like pop punk that she likes. So. That that's where we meet. We meet with Weezer in the middle. Nice. Oh, Weezer. Uh, saw them. They're, they're fun. They're okay. Yeah, we saw them last year. They were yeah. was, they were on our bucket list of bands to see, and we had a good time. All right. Speaking of good time, let's listen to track eight. This is called um, Hell with One L. Okay. Yeah, as soon as I, as I was like, 
<laughs> yeah, Mark's not going to like this song. But yeah, it's, uh, it is slower and it's kind of simple. It's talking about basically, I'm assuming this guy is the devil or whatever the Norse devil is. I'm not quite sure who the Norse devil is. But yeah, it's pretty much describing, you know, here's hell and this is, you know, what's happening in hell and this is what's going to happen to you in hell and hell. <laughs> Isn't the chick yeah. with the big boobs uh, the devil of uh, the Norse gods? The one that uh, that claimed Banner's soul? In oh. Hulk vs. Thor? What's her name? I can't. I, I don't remember, but hey, you know, I'll take a motorbike. It's Helena, isn't it? Isn't it like Helena or something like that? Well, uh, yeah, it's the internet, because, I mean, you know, like I said, I'll take a motorboat over a pitchfork in my ass any day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sure. Wow. <laughs> the things we learn about Robert on this podcast. Oh, All right, well, you've learned more about, you've learned more about me than the beards than anything, jeez. <laughs> All right, um... In the interest of time, let's go on to uh, track, unless you have a burning desire, Sean. Let's go on to track nine. This is... Oh, the, uh, Hell is the guy who rules over Hell. Huh. All right. Glad we got that settled. Coming of the Tide, track nine. Everybody circle pit! Now everybody do the wall. All right, I'm done. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll just play the song. joking around at the beginning of that song, uh, I loved that. I thought that was great. You know, it was just everything I ever could want in a metal song. Moves at a pace that I like. I like the way I, I like the gallop in it. Um, just great, you know. But it was it totally did, though, remind me of, you know, of some bro with his uh, handkerchief tied around his head and his basketball jersey of not a basketball team asking, uh, demanding, demanding everybody in the concert do a circle pit. Regardless of whether or not that's what they want to do, he demands that you circle pit to coming of the tide. Uh, good old five finger donkey punch. <laughs> Sean, you you missed this two sh- you missed this a show ago, but I went on a rant about how I can't stand the fact that 
you know, there's supposed to be a rebellious spirit in metal, you know, and, and it, it's supposed to be counter counterculture and anti-government, and we it's evolved into um, jazzercise or aerobics, where the guy at the stage tells you what to do and you do it without even thinking about it, instead of it coming naturally. And of course, I'm talking about moshing and doing a circle pit and all of that, and it just drives me crazy. I can understand that. You know, when things uh, evolve into something you're not used to, or it just becomes something completely different than what you would never why you mosh pit in the first place, it's kind of like, why are we doing it again? This isn't moshing anymore. It's just kind of like our form of dancing. But I think if it should, it should come from within. You know, it, the rhythm should get you tonight. Dun, 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 dun. It should, um, you know, you should be moved by the music. And if you're not moved by the music, well, that's the band's fault. Um, but I think the guy standing on stage demanding that you do X, Y, Z sort of runs counter to the whole point behind metal, at least in my opinion. Yeah, you're right. It's it, The whole point of metal is to have your own freedom of creativity of deciding what you want to do. You're doing it because you felt like it, whether it's the music that fuels you or your love for that music, you're you're going to do it. And if somebody's standing there going, all right, Everybody mosh now, because, you know, this is what we normally do at metal concerts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't quite feel, uh, doesn't quite feel natural. All right, last track of the album here. Oh, I didn't get to talk about the the, the lyrical themes and how this might tie into an earlier track. Whoa, don't let me stop you. No, 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 please go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, uh, reading the lyrics through this again, like, all right, we're going to go on the track 10 did. then. Sorry, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Ah, funny stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this song is actually about, uh, I'm assuming uh, it might be related to the uh, track about Under Siege. This might be the uh, people who are supposed to come later because this song is about a uh, force who is, you know, banding together and going to go help their their fellow uh, Norsemen. And then when they get there, everybody's gone and dead and, you know, burnt and nobody's left alive. So then they're going to march on to Vengeance. So I'm wondering if I actually like have like you know part of this album's about Loki and then the rest of it kind of tells a story that's all Tarantino-esque <laughs> about you know just maybe I'm really stretching for this but maybe they're actually there's actually a method to their battling madness. <laughs> you know maybe you would hope uh, so. I was gonna say maybe mm-hmm. they maybe they just. Um... You know, they had a bunch of different themes they were working on, and then they threw darts at them and said, that'll be the album. <laughs> this isn't a Mike Patton album. <laughs> no, if it were Mike Patton, they wouldn't have used darts. No. <laughs> was thrown an orange at it. Well, it's kind of splattered everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, breaking news. Former Bellator champion Jessica Evil Eye has signed with the UFC. Good. Good for her. Um, now, moving on. Woo! <laughs> moving on to track 10. Last track of the album. This is Warriors of the North. Let me first say that this track is 8 minutes and 8 minutes and 12 seconds long, so we're in for a ride here. Everybody circle pit. All right, last time I'm doing that, I promise. It wouldn't it wouldn't fit. <laughs> you know it might. 
me all about it. Uh, oh, I just adore this track. And the song itself is actually quite interesting because, you know, I remembered most of it because cause this is another one of the songs where he's actually pretty easy to understand. It's about a story pretty much of a lamb. It's a whole bunch of warriors, and their king is, has no heir, and he's getting old. And the only the next heir is the uh, speaker. It's his son. And the king is scared shitless that maybe somebody will kill him if this kid will get in power. So he banishes, pretty, he pretty much banishes them from the land. And later in the song, there's a invaders, Christian invaders from the south, it's, it's said. And now these old men have to uh, take up arms, you know, take up arms and march to a place so where they is, should have already been. So, so this is Battleship the movie? Oh God, no! I'd say this has a lot. Oh, wow. This has a lot. This has a lot more to it than that, and a whole lot less Rihanna. I can't forget about you, less Rihanna. You said it was about old men who have to pick up arms and fight for the and fight for their country. Well, that was Battleship. I thought that was red. It was missing Liam Neeson. Oh, yeah, okay. it was missing missing, a, missing that cameo by Liam Neeson that the movie tried to advertise the hell out of. <laughs> You know, I almost went and saw that movie with my best buddy to, uh, to go Why make fun you, of it. Why would you go well, to the theaters? Well, no, we would have. It was the 250 theater, so it was, you know, it was like, you know, 250 a ticket. And we smuggled in, like, really. I bothered to watch it on DVD. I don't know, I haven't either. Like, we were actually in a really fun, goofy mood because instead we went and saw Prometheus, which was, was okay. I'm not an, I've not seen any of the Alien movies, so it was. I was not as keen to it as he was, but like through half the movie, he was laughing because I was. I did that one line. Wait a minute! You've never seen yeah. any of the. You've never seen any any of the aliens movies. Not all the way through. Okay, you should have made sure you did that before you went and saw Battleship. Well, what do you mean, Prometheus? No, I mean you should have gone to see any of the aliens movies before you went to go see Battleship. No, we didn't go see Battleship. We were thinking about it. We went and saw Prometheus instead. You should see all of the Aliens movies before you think about going to see Battleship. That's, that's true. See, we, we, we would have actually walked in there and made fun of it the whole time, but there was actually a decent amount of people, and I'm sure they wouldn't enjoy us making jokes about how shitty the movie is. When this podcast is podcast. over, you need to go sit down and watch all of the Aliens movies before you go to sleep tonight. No, actually, I'm going to have to read about the history of my chapter one in my history of education book and then jump on a podcast with Mr. Garmer here. Where we annoy the crap out of Randall. Okay, I annoy the crap uh, out of It's more like, go watch the first Alien movie, and the other two you don't really have to go watch. <laughs> well, no, watch the first yeah. two. You have to watch the second one. Bill Paxton is amazing in that movie. But um, yeah, yeah, true. And the third one, no. no you can, and then go watch Species, right? <laughs> you can wait until you've got some time to watch three and four, because those are terrible. But you need to you need to stop what you're doing right now and go watch Alien and Aliens right now, Robert Cooper. Well, but we're doing this really good podcast, or I'm going to ask you like later if this made you a fan of the band. So. Yeah. Let's go ahead. But, let's uh, go ahead and ask me that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. So yeah, did, did it, oh yeah, so, so did it make you a fan of the band? Mm-hmm. No, this absolutely. Your first... um, deceiver. I mean. Uh, Destroyer of the Universe really made me a fan of the band, but this is a great album. This will definitely be one that I'll go back and listen to when I don't feel like listening to Hatebreed. Um, so it's 
you know, I, uh, I, I actually really enjoyed it. I, I, I don't know what I've been missing um, this whole time and what I've been resistant now, now to listen to. Now go listen to their other, like, ten albums. Yeah, I've got the catching <laughs> up to do, which, which is ridiculous because none of them are on Spotify, so it's not like I can catch up there. I have to actually, like, you know, buy an album or two. Which that, you know, I'm not doing that shit. Or, or go on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, YouTube's not that. I mean, you're like, I can't find Gilly in my business. I'm like, it marks YouTube. You're like, well, that was easy. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So in any Yeah. Sean, any final thoughts on Deceiver of the Gods? It uh, surprised me. Like I said, uh, when I first heard that growl, I was like, oh, Lord, here we go. Why did I sign up for this? And, you know, the instrumentation was awesome throughout, honestly. And that last track, the way that they switched through things is tremendous, honestly. I love the fact how it starts, then you get into the where the growl goes, and, and you can tell the differences in the story there with the way they change the music around. Uh, just, by, I think I'm going to be a fan of the band, actually. I might go back and listen to some, some albums and whatnot. Uh, not that I'm going to just start listening to a ton of music with growl in it or whatever. Just I think it's more like I enjoy the themes. So I could, and the, like I said, the, the music in it is very entertaining that, I can get through not understanding half of what he says. That all right. it, it all works in its own vein, I guess. It does all work? Okay, let's talk about next uh, two, two weeks from now, which will be September third. God, can you believe we're almost getting to the end of the year here? Um, oh, man, almost a year doing this, Robert Cooper. Can you believe it? Yeah, we're gonna have to do like, a, like I said, we're gonna have to do something, like a top five albums. Or, I don't know. We'll come up with something. Top five tracks from Hatebreed that I liked. Um, that's what we're gonna do. Oh, All right. Oh, oh, that you like. So, so what, so what do I get to do? Top five Megadeth songs to troll Mark with? No, top no top five Hatebreed songs that you like that I didn't already. We're just gonna do the. As long as you're not doing Super Collider again. Time, time to mur- <laughs> hey, that was a that was a really fun podcast. Yes, it was. <laughs> I, we, we, we I just, think the, the most fun podcasts are the ones where we really hate the album. Um, all right, let's talk about what well, we're going to do next. Just Steve Black have a thirteen again. Father, no. don't do that to me. So, 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 well, we didn't even do it to you. You didn't even finish the album. Oh, stop bringing that up. Okay, um, I'm still not going to let that go. <laughs> so here are my. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw these at you. Uh, I get the next pick here, though. Uh, we need to uh, – if Sean makes it to the show after this one, it'll be his pick since he hasn't had to pick one yet. But then he's, uh, you know, he's been in and out of these, so not 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 too sure there. But um, I'm going to pick the next one, and then uh, if Sean's back for the one after that, then we're going to let him go. And these are the ones that I'm going to – now, I'm going to I'm going to nominate a few of them, uh, though I'm leaning very heavily on one, and then I'm going to let you, uh, you decide. Okay, Robert? Works for me. All right. The first one I'm nominating, and this is the one that I really, really, really want, want to do. It is on Spotify, so that, that helps a lot. Philip H. Ansamo and the Illegals Walk Through Exits Only. This is on Spotify? I haven't yes. been able to find it. it is, I just checked before I, I, I said that, so we don't have this 20-minute oh, okay. conversation, and then it turns out it's not on Spotify. Um, Five Finger Death Punch, The Wrong Side of Heaven and the Righteous Side of Hell, Volume 1. No. 
<laughs> Kim Myra, Crown of Phantoms. That was a good album. Yeah, it was. I just listened to it the other day. Uh, yeah, I will tell you that solid. when, when um, in September, when Minis- um, September 6th, when Ministry mm-hmm. from Beer to Eternity comes out, we're going to have to do that one, too. But we'll, you know, we'll wait oh, till we... Right. We'll, We'll wait till we get there. In the meantime, um, of those three, which one do you want to do? Is the Five Finger Death Punch? That is that is like the, the far third. This is like the two-legged. This <laughs> is like the three-legged race. Pick the end, Selmo. Oh, oh no! Oh dude, I'm totally. I was totally gonna pick Phil. Like that Chimera album actually surprised me because I was not a huge fan of the band before this showed up, and it wasn't a typical metalcore album. It had a lot of different passages. It even had a little fl- a few flares of sugar in there. I was like, awesome. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm totally picking Phil. All right, I'm good. I'm excited about that. All right, so then the next uh, one that we're going to do is Phillip, Philip H. Ansamo and the Illegals, and that'll be September 3rd. And then uh, after that, it'll be um, Sean's pick. Sean's going to, uh, what is that? Uh, that'll be the 10th. Uh, no, it'll be the 17th of September. So by then, uh, the new ministry will come out, and so that'll be the one he'll pick. Right, John? I can't stand ministry, so we're, you might have to like skip me on that one. Oh, <laughs> that, that, that's pretty. See, I don't. I've never really listened to ministry, so hey, <laughs> I'm no clue. I just, I'm not a fan of industrial, hardly anything. Ugh. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge industrial guy, but if if it's good, it's good. So Sean's going to pick either Terrasis, Terrasis 2013, or Tarja in uh, Colors in the Dark. That would be, those would be actually We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I'm trying to think, because I'll have to, I can, because, you know, you, Sean reads my column. I'm pretty much post every fucking thing I can find during the week. So he'll be caught up. <laughs> he, he knows what's going to be coming out. So, Robert, do you know that uh, this is a monumental podcast for us? We actually got through Every as of this podcast, we got through every single um, album review we said we were going to do back in May. Mm, well, yeah, back in May. I was about to say no, we didn't do Spiritual Beggars or anything like but that. No, but yes, we, we we set that we set up this list in May. I I, I just I just deleted it and put Phil Ensamo on there, and then I'm going to put uh, Ministry and Tarsus and uh, Tarja on there because that's what Sean's going to pick. Um, <laughs> You're gonna pick it, Sean, and you're gonna like it. I feel like if I keep saying it enough times, maybe you know, I can use my Jedi mind trick to uh, get him to do what I want. But yeah, we, we did get through every. Though we all, though we almost didn't do this album because I didn't think it was on uh, Spotify, and I didn't think you cared about it. So I almost picked Orphan Land, but it's good that we didn't take this. Yeah, what were we saying, Sean? I said we shall see on the whole Jedi mind trick. <laughs> all right. Sean, go ahead and plug your stuff. Um, of course, I'm on the uh, Cooperative Multiplayer podcast, which will be uh, debuting its, what, like, I think, ninth episode since we lost one. Uh, yeah, we lost last um, week. Two hours from now. Uh, always on, on Tuesday nights at midnight um, with Robert and Randall and a few other guys. Um, I am the organizer of the game's top five. Uh, last week was top five most wanted Disney Infinity games, which if you have children, I'm sure that your kids have already gotten you to want to play this uh, game. 
uh I am a kid at heart so I have to I've had to stop myself from watching videos of this game so I don't go out and pay sixty dollars uh for it. <laughs> um and this week is top five open world games, which isn't my forte, so hopefully he will come and, and help me out with that. Uh I also do the Wrestling to the Max podcast, which has a Facebook group. Go search Wrestling to the Max. Uh, we talk all things wrestling. Uh a friend of mine and and I and we have guests and Hopefully, maybe Mark will want to be a guest one day. Robert's been a guest twice, so he can vouch for me. And uh, that's that's pretty much it. I think uh, Robert can vouch for me. I will go on any podcast that will have me. Yeah, he really will. Cool. As long as he doesn't have to use uh, use anything besides, uh, as long as he doesn't have to uh, send record it himself, like physically. Because we, we saw how 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 audacity worked for him. I recorded myself just fine. For some other reason, I just couldn't send you the damn, uh, I couldn't send you the audio. I don't know why. <laughs> Leave me alone. It still sucks. That, 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 hey, that was still our best episode, so you can take pride in that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think the other two guys really liked me being on. I feel like I, like, like, like I talk too much. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't mind it. I like it when we have more people talking. Okay. Last week's episode was, or this this week's episode was pretty good. You should check it out. So I'm sure you're, yeah. you're caught up with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Um, yeah, I. Uh, what do you call it? I am. I am not caught up with the latest. Um, with the latest three beards, I got to get caught up. Uh, all right. So speaking of the three beards, go ahead and plug your stuff, Robert. Okay. Let's see. The Hammer of Doom news report every late early Sunday over Monday when it's on time. Hopefully, it'll keep being like that. It's, I have, like, classes and shit that I need to go be at. So, you know, I need to get that thing in on time. But, yeah, I talk all things metal, you know, all things metal that you'll ever want to hear about. And it's on ProWomanMania.com in the Music Zone. Because I never remember to mention that when I plug that, plug the column. So it probably might confuse a few people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I never remember to do that. No, it's really funny. In, like, two of my classes, I've plugged my column to people because, like, one of them, the teacher's asking about, oh, do you, what do you do all summer? And I'm like, I did writing and podcast. She's like, oh, you do writing? I'm like, yeah, I get three, 4,000 words a week. Not too bad. She's like, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, plug, I plug my column to random instructors. that I, Like, the other woman is teaching elementary school kids music. That's the class, and I scared the shit out of her because this is a, a, a mainly an African-American college. So a giant white metalhead is definitely a uh, unicorn there. <laughs> oh, it is hilarious because everybody else is like, oh, I like R&B. It's a seven-person class. And I raise my hand with my suffocation shirt. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a bit awkward, isn't it? <laughs> but, yeah, I have see, a hammer of doom. <laughs> yeah, I actually said, yeah, I'm the musical black sheep. I said that to my mom, and she looked at me, and she goes, you didn't say black sheep, did you? I'm like, yes. Yeah. She's like, damn it. <laughs> Oh, wow. Were you drinking Clamato when you said it? <laughs> no, but I didn't realize that it sounded like that it was an actual racist phrase until I was like black sheep. I'm like, oh, shit, milkman, baby. <laughs> and we so anyway, yeah, oh, yeah, plenty, I have plenty of things. Uh, let's see, this week was in the top five in the music zone. It was top five worst songs of the summer. My number my number two was Miley Cyrus. Just spoilers that her new song makes me gonna kill people. Oh, number one. one. Oh, my number one was this uh, song by this band called uh, the The Issues, and they are the worst combination of like 
there's like tech, kind of like that, those techno uh, uh, turntables and really, really awful metal cooler. Like, I just posted my blurb from Buy or Sell because Jeremy sent it to me one week. It is over, I, I, I counted it, it's over 600 words. I just exploded. <laughs> it is It is really wow. awful. You should, go listen, you, oh, you should go listen to it just to see how bad it is. It's only three minutes. So it won't be too bad. But yeah, I did the top five there. I'll probably I'll go to the top five in the game zone last week. Honestly, my week was so awful last week. I was just, I was like, it was like Friday, late Friday. I'm like, I meant I'm to send you a text and I just forgot. <laughs> I was looking at the forum and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I forgot to do top five. Because, you know, I love Disney. I could have done that. I could have put Oliver from Oliver and Company or something. But yeah. Uh, I know I was waiting that. for that so everybody could say, what the heck is Oliver going to do? He's going to summon all the dogs and a hobo guy, of course. But, uh, yeah, uh, Cooperative Multiplayer Podcast is going to start in an hour, a little under an hour, give or take, depending on when Randall's wife gets home. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're going to have that. There's a lot and... to talk about because a lot of games news came out this, today. Oh, snaps. Yeah, I, I haven't looked at the script yet. I've yeah, PS4 comes on November 15th. Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah, I heard rumors. But yeah, we will have plenty of thought on there. And the Free Beards podcast, the one that Mark loves so much that he's going to listen to tomorrow once he downloads it and goes like on a four-hour drive to work or something. I don't know how long it takes. But yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll be, I think then you say it's like an hour and a half, two hours on commute. Oh, that is an awful commute. But uh, yeah, it's the Free Beards podcast. Imagine your morning show, you know, that you have every morning on the, ra- the weekday more radio. And then turn it up to 11 and add beer and mild racism and stupid news mild and Ron racism. Paul. <laughs> and, and Ron Paul. Fantastic. All right. Uh, this, of course, has been a production of the Rattletchin Broadcasting Network. Uh, we here on the Rattletchin Broadcasting Network, we do MMA, we do movies, of course, we do music, as you just heard, and other uh, picture postcards. So... Uh, a week from tonight, we will be back on the long road to ruin with the first part of our Rambo podcast. We're looking at First Blood oh. and Rambo. Uh, hopefully, we'll be oh, able to no. get that converted also into a video, and it will be uploaded to the Manic Expressions uh, YouTube page. So look for that uh, when it comes out again. A week from tonight, first part of Rambo. Uh, last week was the second part of our Mission Impossible podcast with Gavin Napier of thecasualheroes.com. You can also check me out on two back-to-back casualhero.com podcasts, one previewing SummerSlam where we mostly talked about The Wire, and uh, after SummerSlam where I had to behave myself and not talk about The Wire. And speaking of The Wire, The Wire, um, I will be, uh, this Thursday, I will be on Robert Winfrey's Everybody Loves a Bad Guy, and we are going to be looking at uh, Good Men Gone Bad, and in the first episode of that, we'll be focusing on Oz. And that'll be leading into the big Breaking Bad series finale, which will be happening at the end of September. Um, when that does happen, as we talked about earlier in the podcast, we'll be having a post-wrap-up um, video cast featuring uh, all us nerds talking about how Walt is going to uh, run for president or something. That's how I actually I see it ending. I see that show ending much the same way The Shield did, but I don't want to get into that now. That's just my prediction. We'll talk about it when How many it people happens. do we have? How many people do we have? Like, that's already RSVP to that. I swear we have like seven. 
Um, at last count, we whoops. At last count, we were up to. We'll see if everyone actually shows though. Um, I mean, I'll show up. We're, we're up to we're up to eight. God up to eight. Almighty, we're up to eight babies. Like that include me. Uh, did you say you were coming? Yes, you were supposed to send me the invite. I did. Check your Facebook. Well, I, I'm, I, I, my computers are not in places where I can have, where there's people and it'd be too loud, so I couldn't RSCP right this second. Oh, okay. Well, no, you're invited. That's so right here on my Facebook page. Um, and of course, every Sunday, cool. every Sunday night at nine o'clock is the 401 Ground and Pound Radio Show. Uh, the last one was 11 o'clock because of SummerSlam, but we'll be back to our usual. Sunday night at 9 o'clock, this Sunday as we preview two, count them, two MMA shows, um, Fight Night 27, Martin Campman versus Carlos Conduit 2, and uh, UFC 164, Benson, Black Jesus Henderson versus Anthony Showtime Pettis 2, Electric Boogaloo. Do we get two shows in a week? Yes. Oh, Oh, poor Robert. He's got to do that content card, too, doesn't he? Yeah, he has to. He has to review. He has to cover for four one one Carlos Conduit versus Martin Campman too. Conduit. See, I just I didn't notice you were doing that. Yeah, he was. He bitched on Facebook. He's like, you know, I didn't realize how bad this card was. Tall looked at it. I'm like, holy shit, this is like a two fight card. And then the only thing that was even remotely interesting about it, they just pulled because Sarah McMahon got the, the boogie woogie flu or something. So, uh, so now Sarah Kaufman is fighting. So oh, with that shit, said, man. That yeah. is, oh, that is awful. Poor Robert. Sarah going to spend her entire first year fighting with the UFC on Invicta cards. That's the way she's going. Invicta <laughs> cards. Can she do that? Yes. Yes, she can. All right. So oh, okay. That, I didn't know that. Yes, she can. So that's it for the Metal Hammer of Doom. Thank you for uh, checking out our review of Amon and Marth, Deceiver of the God. We'll be back in two weeks uh, for Phil Ansamo and the Illegals. Till then, be well, be safe, and behave.